Hello, hello, and welcome to the City Brew Tours podcast episode number 102. Welcome. Hi, I'm your host, Brian. Uh, Good to have you back for another episode. So happy that you joined us for last week's episode. Wonderful talk with uh, Jess and Dale from Brewery Nicks up there in Grand Rapids. And uh, so happy to be joined for another discussion about the Grand Rapids beer scene and another wonderful brewery from that area. So happy to be joined by my co-host, Glenn. Glenn, how's it going? Great, uh, great to be back. Thank, thanks, Brian. Uh, it's uh, I'm li- really fascinated about these uh, beers and some interesting things about the cans as well. Uh, but mostly, I'm just looking forward to tasting them. They look wonderful. Yes, uh, uh, very unique. Very excited about the beers we're drinking tonight. Some interesting story about the brewery uh, behind that, uh, behind the beers that we're drinking, and uh, some interesting discussion that we'll be getting into. But first of all, Glenn, the, the weather here has been chef's kiss for all of those just listening. yeah i'd say i'd say we got there we got i mean we're 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 close enough uh that we seem to mostly mirror each other's weather uh yeah i mean today was just perfect it was uh it was almost 80 and felt like low 70s all day it was uh we're getting a little bit of spring before being unceremoniously thrust into summer yeah i um took advantage of the weather today myself we went to the zoo with my uh with the whole family and uh had a good good time it was the it was the most excited i've ever seen my daughter at the zoo literally screaming her head off at like every animal and uh yeah it was it was a really great day to get out there um love my daughter love my kid very very tired of other kids right now oh oh yeah i know exactly what you mean there i uh i work at the statue of liberty and uh yeah i uh, i i i like to i i'm certain i i i'm sure i'd like your kid if i met her uh and 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 there are other kids that i enjoy but i uh i my i i never say i don't like kids i just say that i uh i like the kids i like but i'm glad you're i'm glad your daughter had a good time uh and, and i'm sure yes. if, 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 if I, I, I i hopefully hopefully if, if i ever meet her at the statue of liberty She's not screaming her head off quite as much because a little of that goes a long way. I, I I would be the one screaming my head off. I I, yeah. I like history. I'm a big big history buff. I'd be excited yeah. to see Ellis Island, and uh, I would be the one like, oh, let's go see that um, instead of her, and she would be bored. So um, she would probably be uh, very happy to meet you and talk to somebody other than her weirdo uh, nerd father. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh so this past week uh we've talked about what glenn and i have have been and how how we've been enjoying the weather but uh this past week terrible transition here jesus uh this past week just wrapped up the uh 2023 craft brewers conference and with it came another year of world beer cup medals this is a competition that is run every two years it's an international beer competition and kind of seen as really the only parallel to the great american beer festival the gabf awards and uh we just wanted to take a moment here before we jump into our grand rapids themes here uh to give a shout out to some of our friends of the podcast that have won uh took home some medals at the world beer cup this year uh, so, first of all, shout out to Confluence Brewing Company for taking home two two gold medals. Uh, check out Confluence from our 
Des Moines episodes. Um, shout out to Ex Novo out of Corrales, New Mexico. Um, they took home a bronze for the Vienna style lager. Um, big props to Jessup Farm Barrel House. They took home a gold for their um, wood in the wood and barrel aged beer category. Um, big shout out to Rheingeist Brewery who took home a gold for their Cheetah. Um, they were featured on our first episode and maybe I, I hearing, have heard of them. Yes. Maybe hearing from them soon. Not our first episode, but our first month, our first featured city and uh, maybe hearing from them soon. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a, kind of a well-known one there. Um, also shout out to sockeye brewing. One of our favorites from uh, the Boise, Idaho area for taking home a silver um, shout out to you Inta from uh utah for taking home a silver medal um shout out to our friends Udapils over in the twin cities for taking home a silver and a special huge shout out to our friends at zipline brewing company over in omaha nebraska they took home a gold in the german alt beer style for their copper alt which is a beer we featured on this show so uh, shout out to Laura for picking that beer to feature on this show and uh, huge props to all of those breweries that were featured on our lovely little podcast here that won medals and, and shout out to everybody that took home medals at this year's World Beer Cup. That is a very cool event and uh, very happy to see some of my friends here in Pittsburgh take home medals too. shout out to Cinderland's Trace and Necromancer. Good stuff. Great stuff. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I, I, every time I see those list of beers, I am like, okay, I, 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 there's always some beers on here. I want to get to know better. And then I don't want to, because I have such a hard time finding them. It'll just uh, give me too much FOMO. Yeah. I was so happy. I, um, I left work on uh, Sunday, closed up at the brewery, walked around the corner and uh, went to Cinderlands and they actually had their four threads, uh, which they took home a medal for, and uh, got to enjoy that beer. And it was really cool to uh, see uh, my friend Evan, uh, who's part of the brew team over there, take home a medal and uh, cool to see him up on stage accepting that award. And uh, good, good, good uh, cap off to a CBC that um, let's say had had uh, mixed reviews from a lot of people, but we won't get into that. Oh, all right. That's for the after show. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Um, but into our Grand Rapids uh, focused content, oh, yes. we are featuring yet another brewery from the great city uh, known as Furniture City up in Michigan. Uh, this week, it's Broadleaf Brewery and Spirits. Uh, we are featuring their Sour Lake. Um, this version is the guava, passion fruit, and orange. This is a sour ale with uh, some really cool can art and some some cool things, tactile things on the well, can. Yes, that we'll I think talk that's called about. Braille. I think that's called Braille, Brian. That's and and I think that's called a tease, Glenn. So we can get into it later. Oh, Come sorry, on, man. Sorry, sorry. I was like, what are these funny dots? I'm not really sure what this is. No, that oh. was what I was just realizing before we started this, and I realized like. Wow, Braille. That's cool. Oh, that's Braille. That is yeah, that is very cool. And we'll certainly talk about uh that this oh, week. Okay, so and... you're just realizing it too. I'm not I'm not a complete idiot. No, I just I just realized it too as we were getting ready to start the show. Yeah. Um, and we will also be featuring their fruit moon blueberry bonanza wheat ale with vanilla and lemon. Two very let's just say out there beers, definitely yes. creative thinking behind these beers. And uh 
let's 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 wait no further. I'm sure all of our beer club subscribers at home have already cracked a beer, maybe cracked a couple. Shout out to all of you. I saw you checking in in the chat there. Hope everybody's having a wonderful night. And we are we are starting with the guava passion fruit orange, correct? Oh no 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 no! I was oh. going to start with the fruit moon. Oh, okay, so, so you introduced them in the opposite direction. That's why. Oh, and this one has they both oh, have did. braille on them. Yes, they both have braille on them. Um, oh, wow. For folks at home, um, if you if you aren't watching uh, on YouTube, uh, or if you aren't one of our beer club subscribers joining us while we record this, um, we're starting can, with the fruit moon. Gotcha. Starting with the fruit moon, cans have amazing, striking art on them, and then also have braille list on on the front of the can. I'm guessing describing uh, the brewery name and the beer name in there for. Uh, folks that are uh, vision impaired that would like to enjoy themselves a broadleaf as we are about to do here. Cheers, Glenn. Cheers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is good. So yeah. uh, the the stats on it, it is a wheat ale uh, brewed with uh, blueberries, lemon and vanilla. So a lot going on in that kind of like bakery uh, confectioners ingredients whatever you want to call that sect of the weird brewery beer adjuncts um but wow it's really coming through in here i was the the, blue, the blueberries jumping out to me and i think the um blueberry can be a fruit that comes with some sourness to it in itself and i feel like this is a the uh, a fruit that gets complemented really well by vanilla, and I think it's done so well in this beer that vanilla smooths out that those kind of, for lack of a better word, harsh edges around the taste of blueberry. While the lemon brings them out a little bit, I think that's, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of interesting. The vanilla is mellowing everything, but I feel like the lemon ups that tartness with the with the blueberry. Um, and, and my favorite part is uh, uh, full disclosure, not a huge banana fan. I think a little banana goes a long way and I'm finding the banana to be very subtle here, which I'm very glad about. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's, um, I would guess cause their, their, their tasting notes say quote, a moon with a core of delicious wheat beer. Then we go into orbit with flavors of ripe blueberry, lush vanilla and bold yeast derived banana. So I'm thinking they're they're fermenting this with, you know, half a vice and style strain, a vice beer strain, something that they're going to be able to push those banana esters in. And that's definitely something that, um, you know, we've talked about on this podcast that I'm not the biggest fan of. And I agree, Glenn, it's it's very subtle in there. And and again, just blends together to this really nice, cohesive pop product. Uh, and yeah, to piggyback off what you said, that lemon citrus sour tartness pops in a different way than that blueberry tartness would in a beer mm -hmm. and uh it's just a really really good example of how a beer can come together while you're with with layering different ingredients that may not seem to may not seem to come to something cohesive in a beer when you put them on paper but really works out in, in an instance like this yeah i agree very, very delicious. Um, so Broadleaf Brewery and Spirits was founded in 2019. They are located in Kentwood, Michigan. Uh, they have a second location in Westside Grand Rapids that just opened last year in 2022. So they started out in Kentwood and um, kind of built a, a following through the, the, the rugged years of beer sales 
uh, through the COVID pandemic, which I don't know, Glenn, if you heard last week, they announced it's over. Oh, good. Uh, It's completely over then. Uh, So uh, we don't really need to don't bother checking the numbers. It's it's over. We can officially say. And I don't know what we can officially say, but they 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 did some press release that it's officially over. But anyways, if if, uh, I mean, if that's true, that would actually be a wonderful birthday present for me because that happened on my birthday. They did. They, they yeah. did it for you, Glenn. Well, you, you know how that is like anything happens on your birthday. You notice it is like, oh, 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 I was looking forward to that day. And oh, that that's a thing that people will now associate that day with. It's like yeah. when you it's like when you turn 50, uh, people always like to celebrate things that are 50 years old. So you have like your 50th birthday the entire year. You find out um, all the other things that are the same age as you. So-and-so just turned 50. Like, oh, I'm the same age as that. Or if it came, like, actually, oh, I'm slightly older than that. That's interesting. Anyway. But, this album but yes. that I still feel like is a new release is 50 years old. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Well, music is timeless. Most of it. Anyway. Yeah. The best music is. So Broadleaf opened in, 2020, uh, in, in 2019, kind of grew um, through the pandemic with uh, direct-to-consumer uh, uh, options and and just existing in a world that is not what we're typically used to in craft beer and in in the growth that typically happens with a small craft brewery, as we've talked about on the show. Um, They opened their West side location last year, which gave them a real foothold in, you know, kind of a city center central area hub of Grand Rapids and has allowed them to connect with the Grand Rapids community where before maybe they were connecting a little bit further out um, because of the the weird marketing reach that the pandemic had with a lot of uh, different products and small breweries. Um, Funny enough, uh, Broadleaf was actually expanded from our friends over at Brewery Vivant as a way to brew styles that didn't fit with that traditional theme over at Brewery Vivant, you know, they're very focused on the Belgian styles and really traditionally brewed beers. And obviously tonight we don't have what you would call traditional beers. Glenn, thoughts on that? Like when, when, yeah, no, I I, I was just thinking about other breweries that do versions of that. Uh, One that immediately comes to mind is Jack's Abbey in Springdale. Uh, Springdale temporarily RIP. Well, they they have said that Jack's Abbey is still in business and they still reserve the right to bring it back. Yeah. Um, the other one was the one uh, you had uh, in Chicago, uh, Un Ane. Yeah, and Hubbard's Cave. Yeah, very yeah. Because I think similarly thing with it, I didn't even for the longest time since Hubbard's Cave was the only one I'd heard of. I thought they were first, but I guess Un Ane was first. Uh, yeah. But yeah, si- similar to kind of thing. And then another, a lot of places will just have like a, a. I think Two Roads has a. They have some kind of experimental brand. Uh, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head because you really want to me to bring something up and have the real information. I'm sorry. I don't, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, that, that's always my intention when I do that. But like, Oh yeah, that thing it's called, what do you, I don't know. What do you, but, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you say? Uh, yeah. I, I, I like this move from breweries. I think something that doesn't get talked about a lot in craft beer, it doesn't get talked about enough 
in craft beer is the role of marketing and finding a way to connect your beers with the customers who are looking for what your beers offer. You know, there's yeah. especially nowadays, there's so many breweries, there's so many options for everybody. They can go out and find whatever style they want with whatever ingredients they want. And it's probably brewed by a brewery that they could drive to within a reasonable uh, a trip. Uh, yeah. So finding a way to connect with your customers really can you know give you the edge. I, I sound like a guy that's talking at the beginning of marketing here, but so much of beer is revolved around, okay, make good beer, make good beer, make good beer, have a good taproom experience. But how does that brand, how does your can art, how does your beer names, how does the, the feel of your brewery connect with your customers. And if you build this brand up to be one very specific thing, especially something like Brewery of Avant, where it's traditional Belgian, very Belgian focused, European focused styles, and 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 you you drum up this thing inside of an old church and and it's really reflective of a particular look and in, in branding that you've built, but you want to do other things. You want to give yourself room to grow. You want to give in to those creative outlets that are itching you in different directions. I think launching a different brand, putting it under another name and getting it out there and, and, you know, doing the things that you wanted to do that really didn't fit with the other brand, I think is a great way for breweries to definitely freshen up the, the feel of what they're doing on the back end, but also maybe connect with a different clientele and a different customer customer base and really find those people that are going to connect with those new beers or new brands. Yeah. Well, I, uh, we do, we do have an answer. The two roads places called area Two experimental brewing. I, yeah. Thank, they do all their sours for letting us know there. about that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting that because <laughs> uh, so, some, uh, some, some breweries, what they'll do is they'll just, the, they'll keep it all the same name, but I, you know, I had, I was actually interviewing someone from a brewery a few weeks ago and I said, how do you, uh, find that right balance of giving the people what they want, giving all of their uh, uh, everything they expect from your brand, uh, but at the same time still have fun and have experiments and do creative things. And, and as we're seeing, some companies decide to do that by starting an entirely new label. Yeah, I think I think it's a good it's a good business move, and I think the more we can see beer focused people bring in the successful aspects of business and marketing in a way that's still respective of the vastly diverse and nuanced brands that they've built, uh, I think it's going to help them grow even more and, and and especially breweries that are entering distribution and trying to expand outside of their you know their local city their local neighborhood um another cool thing about broadleaf earlier we were talking about the world beer cup and um broadleaf also produce spirits uh they have won awards for their nine botanical gin and if i want to go out with another hot take today uh gin most underrated spirit, best cocktail spirit, too. And um, there's a lot that can go into making a nuanced, subtle, flavorful gin, similar to the way that, you know, a lot can go into making subtle, nuanced, flavorful beers like we're enjoying tonight. 
I, uh, I'm, I've never, I've never been able, been fully convinced of what you said about gin, but I, I respect the opinion before it's classic uh, style. No, I, I've, I, I, I'm not, I do not eschew gin, uh, but I also rarely seek it out. Um, I, uh, but also I, I, even the thing that replaced it, vodka. I'm not, I'm not, I, just, I, I much prefer the the whiskey spirits. Yeah, I mean, I say that, but I went. I went to a cocktail bar last week after work and uh, I ordered a beer. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> I'll have my hot takes about gin, but I'll still be like, yeah. And what do you, what, what are your beer options? I'll take uh, one of those places. Uh, as far as like classic versus what has become traditional, though, I definitely uh, can sometimes, I, I appreciate why rye is probably better for a Manhattan than bourbon. And it's like, it's similar. Like it's because it seems like bourbon has taken over for, uh, for Manhattan's the same way that vodka has taken over martinis, even though no, neither one of those rye, rye and gin are the traditional tradition. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gin, gin, martini all the way, gin and tonic. Um, but this is a beer podcast. So it is, why it don't is. we say we open another, yeah, but, but we are, we are, we are talking about a company that makes spirits. So it's not entirely out of, uh, yeah. out, out, out of, out of school, so to speak, but yeah, let's, let's try the other one here. See it. Oh, I, I, uh, I am holding this far away from me as I open it. And I can smell the the fruit. Just uh, oh yeah, it's like tangerine almost. It may not be tangerine, but of this. Okay, it's not tangerine, but it smells like tangerine to me. Yeah, the tropical fruit. I think it's a combination of of the passion fruit and the orange. And oh yeah, wow. Oh yeah, you can get that. That oh, that it, that hard to describe character that comes from guava and passion fruit, but I've heard it described as bitter. It doesn't taste bitter to me. It, it's kind of just funky guava passion fruit flavor. Yeah. Oh my god! It smells like fruit juice. It smells like straight fruit. It smells like uh like Minute Maid tropical punch. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that is <laughs> exceptional. Yeah, it's it's uh I often will hear like people talk about either pro or con talk about oh you know they long for the days that a beer tastes like beer this 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 does not taste as much like beer as as most beers but i think it's it's quite uh quite remarkable look look glenn i'll be i'll be completely honest here i have these two beers we're featuring tonight and i have my beer that i was drinking when i was uh getting set up for the show here and that's a light lager and that's what yeah. i really drink most of the time but i i will always love to enjoy beers like this um, oh, me too again a passion fruit and guava can be so overwhelming ingredients and it it just blends so well into this beer the the acidity i think tames and tempers down that guava and passion fruit and so does the orange juice orange yeah. i think it's just orange not not orange juice. it is orange yes orange guava mm-hmm. passion fruit and orange it is. It's tropical. It's it's slightly sour tropical fruit punch. It, it, wow. So, Glenn, do you know do you, do you know much about the trio of passion fruit, orange, and guava, or as it's often referred to as hog? I uh, this is everything you have just said is new to me. I mean, I've heard of the fruits. Uh, I, I I grew up with oranges. Uh, less so with. I'm, I'm, I don't even know if I know what a passion fruit or a guava actually looks like outside of the the post uh, juiced uh, phase of it. So I, uh, yeah, this is this is this is the night for me to learn about things. Guavas are pretty; they're, they're pretty pretty normal 
pretty normal fruit looking. They look like almost like a uh, if if a pear had the skin of an avocado, and um, yeah, like if the if a pear had the skin of an avocado, um, that's what the outside of a of a guava looks like. And it's shaped like a pear, kinda. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're they're in that like appley pear realm in terms of their shape. Their inside is crazy pink color. Um, but a passion fruit looks like a fruit and the flower that grows on the plant. They both look like a fruit out of HR Giger or HR Geiger or like alien. Um, okay. They, it looks otherworldly. It it looks foreign to us. It it is a crazy looking fruit folks at home. If you have never, if you've never seen one, Google it, go to the Wikipedia page, pull it up. It, It insane. What it, what what it looks like, um, but Pog or Passion Orange Guava is a tropical juice drink that originated out of Hawaii. Um, back in the seventies, it was made by a dairy company that uh, it was called. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this one. Um, Halea Kala, Halea Kala. Sorry, I'm I'm sorry. I, I, it was a dairy company located in in Maui, Hawaii. That um, they did, you know, dairy stuff, milk, cream, yeah. stuff like that. But then they also did this passion fruit, orange and guava fruit juice, and uh, people really, really liked that juice. But what they also liked was the caps from the milk that this company also produced, and they played this game with these milk caps. Um, it, it was something that originated long before um, hog, the drink came around, but eventually this dairy that was known for the pog juice and also known for their glass bottled milk discontinued their glass bottled milk and the caps that they used to seal those glass bottled milk um, were used for that game. Uh, that milk cap game. People, uh, kids mainly, were upset by this. They, you know, they couldn't play their their little milk cap game anymore. Um, the company said, "Fine, you know, we're gonna make the cardboard milk caps again, and we're gonna print them and we're gonna put them out so people can play this game." But you know. We're not going to put milk on them because, you know, what's the point in that? Let's 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 advertise for this drink that we're making. Let's let's get it out there. Let's get the word out there about this drink that we're making. This passion orange guava fruit juice that we're making. So on those caps, they put the letters P.O.G. Pog. Those caps would then become known as Pog caps. And because of a teacher in the early 1990s, those podcasts got a revolution and uh glenn you're you're a little older than me but we're similar similar age similar generations um podcasts made a big return in the 1990s especially here in america and uh i was an avid collector of podcasts um my mom could probably uh lament all the money that she spent on those stupid caps for me (laughs) i don't think i played a single game of pog but I remember collecting the stupid caps and uh, I'm sure some other people do at home. And I was fascinated to find out that that all originated 
from this passion fruit orange guava drink in Hawaii. That's fascinating. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard of the pogs. Uh, I, I guess I, 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 I think I've, I've been uh, clear about my age. I, uh, I was in my twenties in the nineties, so uh, cool. pogs didn't weren't really part of my culture then. But I definitely they were ubiquitous enough in some you know aspect of society that I I definitely heard of them. So it's nice to get the full story from you tonight. I. It blew my mind because I I started to look into like, you know, of course my my brain went to the word association. I was like, pog the drink, pog caps, huh? That's funny. And then like started reading into it, and I wanted to kind of get into the background of passion fruit, orange, and guava. This this trinity of fruits that I kind of have always associated with Hawaii, and I wanted to get into the background of it. And it turns out it's completely linked with the thing that I just made this free That's association funny. with. And that's awesome. We got some what? people in the in the chat who are talking about how this uh, it makes them think of uh, Smarties, uh, but for me, it almost tastes like Skittles. The like, the, like, like the liquid mix. Skittles, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but not the regular Skittles. The the tropical the special Skittles. Pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what color that is. The special pack. Um, one other fun fact that I found out about the Pog drink, um. In its later days, and this might be true now still, uh, the Pog drink had a mascot on its carton or its whatever, its 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 bottle. Um, and it was known as the Poglodite. <laughs> the Poglodite. And it says, quote, Poglodites are fuzzy yellow creatures who are often depicted with surfboards. The side of the juice carton describes them as the creatures from the magical village that makes pog juice. So thank you to the Poglodites for giving Broadleaf the inspiration for uh, this wonderful, wonderful beer. You know, Brian, I, uh, I, 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 of course, my brain goes, I, uh, I'm now very disappointed that that Trogue's beer never had that. Uh... <laughs> No, they never had the tro- tro- the tro- trog should have a mascot called the troglodyte, uh, but uh, well, I don't know. I'm gonna looks like I'm gonna have to drive out the Hershey and tell the trogs brothers that they've been doing it all wrong. Yeah, <laughs> no, just none of them doing it all wrong. Just they could make some, they could make some improvements. I mean, it's a big it's a big miss. Like, yeah, I mean that would on. be the that would be like the that would be like the official name of the Mad Elf, troglodyte the Mad Elf. Glenn, I think you need to stop talking right now. I think you need to send them an email. I think you need. Well, first of all, all I think right. you need to contact a lawyer. And, well, I'll, I'll, and I'll, I'll copyright I'll, that I'll, idea. I will, I will. I mean, I'll finish up the show. But yeah, and then and then and then reach out to the trogs, the trogs folks. Troglodyte, troglodyte, the mad elf. What, what more could you want? Hey, hey, kids, it's me, troglodyte, the mad elf. I'm except I'm, don't drink beer because I'm talking I'm to only, kids. I, I'm only twenty uh, percent joking anymore. This is a phenomenal idea. That so, why? But why don't they do that? Why? I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my mind. The Trogues, uh, the the Trogues local distributor wholesalers right down the street from me here. I'll go and voice my opinion in person. You, you go through the the proper legal channels and try to get credit for this one. It's, it's almost as good as uh well well there was a San Diego brewery I went to once that had a, a beer called uh unfrozen caveman lager which uh kind of fits with the theme doesn't it does we're talking about we're talking about troglodytes 
Is that what a troglodyte is? Is it like a caveman? I've always just was, thought of it as like an insult to a person of lesser intelligence. Well, it's like calling them a Neanderthal. Yeah, I guess so. Cool. I, th- I think it. Think, I sense. think it's in the same thing. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll hear from the chat if if I'm totally off base. But yeah, no, I don't think it. I don't think someone just invented the name to call someone to be primitive. I think it comes from a primitive man. Yeah, it probably has some some uh, origins in uh, higher thought rather than just insults. And I guess within all of that, a Luddite is more evolved than a troglodyte, even though by most of our standards, they're rather old fashioned as well. Yeah, but a Luddite is also a technical term, right? That's like someone that doesn't use uh, modern. They're very analog. Advancements. Yeah. 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 Okay. Whereas a troglodyte or a Neanderthal doesn't even know how to read, let alone say like, oh, I prefer paper media. To, I prefer physical media to uh to to the screens uh shout uh, out to matt in the chat that uh said i think it's called encino man no it's not i'm referring to the phil hartman saturday Night live character unfrozen caveman lawyer however the person at the brewery thought it was from encino man as well and i had to school him on that uh unfrozen caveman lawyer are we gonna get sued is that copyrighted m- music no, it's uh we we we're talking about it in the context of a greater discussion and putting our own artistic spin on it, and I think that would be uh, fair use. Although it's funny that now we're bringing this all the way back to uh, our our discussion last. I think it was May when we were talking about the brewery that had the Brendan Fraser picture on the wall, and 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 he's now an Oscar winner. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what being mentioned on our show does for people's careers. Yeah, it really, it really does. Uh, glad we could help re- with with our friends at, with the help of our friends at Modest. Who shout out to them? They just made the news today with some with some crazy a story that they they released a beer specialty seltzer RTD. I don't even know what it is. Canned cocktail with Will Sasso uh, of uh, Funny Man fame. And, See, I uh, only think of him as what is funny, man. I only think of uh, Mad TV. I, I know was, he's been in other things, but yeah, I was uh, racking my very empty brain for for Mad TV, and I just decided to call him a funny man. Oh, you were? I, I thought maybe there was a, a very obscure oh. like '90s uh, teen comedy called Funny Man that he was the star of. No, <laughs> but everyone the, would, it, until everyone would say, "Okay, impress us, funny man." No, I'm. I'm like, oh, I always hate having to be the funny man and get get. He, I, I don't know. We're, we're writing a whole Will Sasso vehicle now. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Congrats to Modest and and Will Sasso on their their ridiculous beer that they released today and and sold out of within minutes. Uh, but yeah. Congrats to us for resurging Brendan Fraser's career. Good yes, for him. It's entirely us. Uh, we did it. Yeah, we did it. Um, yeah. That that's 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 I think that's a good good note to close on. Pat ourselves on the back. Yes, you're, well, and, and, and you're welcome, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, uh, we, yeah it doesn't anytime. matter. They didn't thank us at the Oscars. Uh, we know you were but. thinking of us. Yeah, yeah. Anytime we we got you, we got you, man. I watched the Mummy like a ton growing up for some unknown reason. Because um, it anyways. was probably on your whatever cable package your parents TNT had. constantly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So. Thank you so much to our feature brewery this week, Broadleaf. If you want to follow the follow along with their journey or check out either of their locations, you can follow them on Instagram at 
Broadleaf Westside or Broadleaf Kentwood. Kentwood's the original location. Westside's the expansion location. But either way, check out both of those. Uh, if you're ever in Grand Rapids or in that area of Michigan, they have different food menus at each places, slightly different cocktail menus at each places, different beers. Definitely check them out. Really cool tap room bar experience at both of those locations. Also, thanks to Broadly for giving us beers for the show tonight as well as for our beer club. Uh, you should head over to shop.citybrewtours.com to explore subscription options. Join the beer club and get access to the special perks that can only get offered by America's oldest craft beer educationally focused tour company. Um, help support the show too. And then of course, obviously you get great beers like these shipped to you on a monthly basis. Next week, we'll uh, have a great episode for everyone. We're really excited because uh, as we've mentioned, Brewery of Avant and uh, Broadleaf are sister brands. Um, they're expansions of each other and we will be welcoming the founder of both of those breweries to talk about everything Brewery Vivant and Broadleaf, and uh, we're going to talk about the Braille on the Canes Well, there's so many questions for him, yeah. Yes, and you know what? The guy also founded New Holland, which was the the brewery that made The Poet, which is the first oatmeal stout that I think I ever had. Uh, so I'm going to have so many questions, and I'm really uh, Dragon's excited. milk for me. It's all dragon's milk. That The dragon's milk is like my, it is my, one of my favorite beers of all time. Yeah. And they also uh, made that little beer, that little imperial stout that a lot of people have heard of called dragon's milk too. So we got a lot, a lot to talk about with our guests next week. We'll hope uh, you will join us then. But uh, until then, shout out to our beer club subscribers. Stay safe, be kind, and support your local breweries. Cheers. Cheers. Woo!